episode 115, coming to you right here, right now. You've heard about keto before, but do you really know how destructive consuming the wrong fat can be? And that actually, most of the oil in your kitchen, irrelevant of how healthy the food you cook it with is, is actually devastating to your biology. In this episode, we dive into the healthy fat movement that began in the 60s and 70s, and we talk about all of the corruption that exists in the oil industry, and also how to ensure that the oils you consume are not getting damaged, as well as how irrelevant of your health and nutrition, inner peace and presence is where health truly begins. Because if you don't like yourself or your life, why would you look after your body? We get deep on this one. So, you ready? Let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Happy Wednesday or whichever day it is when you're tuning into the show. It's a beautiful sunny morning here in Melbourne, Australia. I got up feeling those good vibes. You know how it is. (laughs) It's my mission to coach 250 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want in 2021. And if you want to be a part of that group, reach out to me via my Facebook group, send me an email, or of course on Instagram or whichever platform you like to hang out on and let me know and I can get you in to you know transforming your health in 2021 because we know 2020 was a bit of a yeah well it was what it was <laughs> anyway i'm looking forward to chatting to today's guest doing some homework for this episode it got really really excited because i watched a bunch of lectures and and listened to some podcasts and whatnot and We've got the legendary Udo Erasmus, who was a pioneer of the health and wellness industry, having created flaxseed oil and was one of the early movers and shakers in the whole healthy oils and healthy fats movement. And we're talking long before keto was cool on Instagram. <laughs> He's also the co-founder of the Udo's Choice Supplement brand, a global leader in cutting-edge health products, selling millions of bottles of healthy oils probiotics, and digestive enzymes. He also invented the methodology and machinery that created the healthy fats and oils industry. Udo is an accomplished author of multiple books, including Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and has sold over 250,000 copies worldwide. He has an extensive education in biochemistry and biology, a master's degree in counseling psychology, and has impacted over five million humans, having conducted over 5,000 live presentations, 3,000 media interviews, 1,500 staff trainings, and has traveled the globe multiple times over with his message of how to achieve perfect health. Here's a big one for you. Udo is a speaker at Tony Robbins events on oils and Deepak Chopra's on peace. Whew, this is going to be a monster episode. <laughs> we are in the company of holistic health royalty. <laughs> so a huge welcome to a legend of the holistic health world. Welcome to the show, Udo. Thank you. My feet still touch the ground as everybody else's. <laughs> I love that. So you've been around the health and nutrition industry for so very long that you must have seen all of the changes, the introduction of the food pyramid, the, you know, the gluten's good, gluten's bad, the eggs go between good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And so I'm wondering if you can take us on a bit of a journey of where you sort of started and your movement through to you know learning everything you learned and why fats okay. why fats were the thing. Okay, I'll, I'll give you two stories. One's a long, one's a short one, but I'll make them both really short. I was born during the Second World War in Europe, 
And we were refugees when I was, before I was three years old, fleeing from communist tanks and trucks on roads that were full of women with young children in horse-drawn hay wagons, fleeing from the farms out of Poland into Germany. And there were no soldiers on the roads, but the Allies were using us, using us for target practice, shooting at us from planes. So we were in between the bad at the back and the bad at the front. Wow. So, and, I, and, and that was very formative for, my, for how I live my life because nothing was safe. I had to figure out everything from scratch because I didn't know what I could count on because in that chaos, there was terror and anxiety and fear, hunger, uh, abandonment, chaos, you know, and it was like, okay, what do you depend on? Well, how do you know what to, to depend on? You got to figure everything out. So my education was first in science, then in biosciences. So I wanted to know how things work, then how creatures work, then in psychology, how thinking works, then in medicine, because I wanted to know about health, but they only teach about disease. And then I uh, ended up in self-knowledge because I needed to know how I work. So that's my background. When I was six, I, it came up with the idea there must be a way that people can live in harmony, and I'm going to find out how. So that's been my driver. That's the long story. And there's a lot to that story. We can do other, other podcasts on that. Uh, but I, in 1980, my marriage broke up and I was really upset and I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. Sorry, that was in 1976. And after three years of being really careless with it, uh, I got poisoned by pesticides. Went to the doctor, asked, what do you got for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. And that day, it became really clear, like not just as an idea, but really clear in practice that my health is my responsibility. And I was lucky to have the background. So I started looking in the journals, health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. And I was looking at everything, but I got stuck on fats and oils because that was the most complicated, most confusing area. And what, what I found out is that the omega-3 and omega-6, the two essential fatty acids that we have to have and can't make in our body that come from fats, are the most sensitive of all of our nutrients, damaged by light, oxygen, and heat very easily, need the most care, and we give them the least care. We throw them in the frying pan and turn them into smoke. And you know, if you turn oil into smoke, you've changed the chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. It's not oil anymore, and it's probably not essential anymore, and it's probably really toxic. In fact, uh, cooks who are in front of frying pans eight hours a day have four times more lung cancer than normal people who only spend an hour or two in front of the frying pan at home. That's really interesting. I hope my sister listens to this. She's a chef. <laughs> because they're breathing that in all the time, right? Yeah. So, and, and then I realized how oils are made. They're treated with Drano, with window washing acid, with, then they're bleached, which turns them rancid. Then they're heated to frying temperature to clean them up. So we're sodium hydroxide, phosphoric acid, very corrosive acid and base. And, uh, and then the, when they're rancid, then you have to heat them to frying temperature. So those oils are fried before going the, they go in the bottle. And they do that to blow off the rancidity. Otherwise, the oil smells and tastes really bad, and you wouldn't probably use it as much. And that's so then they go on the shelf. Then you buy them, and you throw them in the frying pan, and you damage them with light, oxygen, and heat acting on the oils all at the same time. These 
these most sensitive of our nutrients get the least care and therefore more health problems come from damaged oils than any other part of nutrition and more health benefits would come from oils if we if the body got an oil change from damaged oils to oils made with health in mind when i found that out then i found out omega-3 was established as essential in 1981 just when i was looking so that was good timing on my time uh, on my part for getting poisoned so I, it got my attention and uh, they are five times more sensitive to damage than even the omega-6s, which are the usual oils we get. And so I said, you know what? These are so sensitive. We shouldn't be making them with health in mind. I'm going to do that. And so I developed, really, my claim to fame is I developed a method for making oils with health in mind where from the time they're in the seed, where nature has packaged them very well, through the pressing, the settling, the filtering, and the filling. That has to be a really tight system, so no air, no light, and no excessive temperature gets to the oil. That's how you make oils with health in mind. So I, I designed that, and then we had engineers create it. And because omega-3s are too low in 99% of the population, you know, too low for optimum health, I got, you know, when I found that out, I just, I just, I mean, I just lit up like a firecracker <laughs> because I said, oh my God, if we could make oils with health in mind, which was already on my mind, if, and we could prove that we could make it with health in mind on omega-3s because they're the most sensitive, then any other oil we would want to make would be a piece of cake. But because 99% of the population doesn't get enough, this is the most widespread essential nutrient deficiency of our time. And it was like, oh, my God, we could help so many people. And it was like, I finally found a purpose for my life. That's brilliant. You know, because I had always thought, of what, you know, what can I do? And I wanted to help people. And, you know, and I hadn't really found anything that said, oh, yeah, I can really get my teeth into this. Yeah, that sounds and that, wonderful. Like, I just like lit like a firecracker. And then we had no money because I'd been poisoned. So I was making, I think I was making about $8,000 Canadian dollars a year. And living with my mother yeah, to write the book because she said, yeah, I'll, I'll let you, you can write the book and I'll, you'll get free room and board here. Yeah. So I was so, and a bunch of friends, one was on welfare, one was on unemployment. And, uh, and so a bunch of us uh, got together and created this little, this little factory. And we were, we were so on fire that like what drove that was not business savvy. I have no business background, not business savvy, but inspiration. You know, we were on fire. And, and then we took a tour, and that was in 1986, flaxseed oil came out. And then 19, actually it was really 1987 that it really started. And then 1988, we did a tour through the U.S. in a van without air conditioning in July, August, hottest <laughs> month. And uh, half of September, half of June, went to 101 cities. No, went to 85 cities in 101 days. Yep. 35 states, 17,000 miles by road. I slept on the floor between the front and the back of the van. We had our clothes on a broomstick inside the double doors of the van. And every two or three days when we'd get really sticky from the heat, we would walk into a Marriott hotel like we owned it <laughs> and then go to the workout place and take shower, wash our clothes in the shower ring them out, take them back in the van, and then go on our way. <laughs> I love that. And we call the van our Omega, uh, we call it the Omega Hilton. 
<laughs> How fitting. I wrote to the, the head of uh, Marriott. He asked me that next time I do that, could I please call the van, the, the Marriott Hilton? I'm sorry, the, the Omega Marriott instead of the Omega Hilton. <laughs> and then we just talked to everybody who would listen. And within two years, flaxseed oil was the second highest selling oil in the natural food street where we were active. Uh, I mean, it was really, an, and what drove it wasn't the money. And, and doing that wasn't about the money. I was broke for like 15 years, pretty much. Yeah. You know, it was, oh my God, we could do so much good with this one simple thing that we can, one simple change that we can make in people's lives. And I wanted a bottle in every fridge. You know, by that time, we would be making money. <laughs> Where I think at 140th of 1% to that goal. So, you know, so, it, but huge difference in the benefits. The research now says when you increase omega-3s in the diet, if they're not damaged and they don't contain toxins that neutralize their benefits, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. Now, that wasn't known when I started. Uh, the only thing I knew is omega-3s are essential, which means you can't make them from anything else in your body. You have to have them to live and be healthy. You've yep. got to bring them in from outside. If you don't get enough, you, your health goes down. You get deficiency symptoms. They're degenerative in nature. Your body's literally falling apart because you're missing essential building blocks yep. or essential uh, energy-producing molecules, Yep. Either, either one or both. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. So this is like the, the essential building blocks for body construction and function. And if you're going down, but you bring enough omega-3 back into the diet before you die, then all the symptoms of not getting reversed, uh, of not getting enough are reversed because life knows how to build a body, provided we take responsibility here to make sure that all of the essential building blocks land in our body in optimum quantities if we expect life to, to put together a, a body that functions in optimum health. We have a lot of power here. We have very little power anywhere else in that regard. Yeah, I totally agree. What we're putting in our mouth is what we have control of. Right, because once you swallow them, then it process takes over. Yeah. And that process is life running through genetic program to, to build certain cells in certain ways and certain tissues in certain places. You know, all of that's on automatic, right? But here you have a lot of power. Um, for the listeners, obviously we're talking about oils and a lot of the listeners will be using oils in their kitchen, be it olive oil yeah. and, you know, obviously all of the yeah. really terrible vegetable oils, canola oil, rapeseed oil, soy oil, um, soybean oil. And so when you talk about uh, oils being damaged by, well, the processing and manufacturing, but also, you know, light, heat and oxygen, like for the, for mm -hmm. the listeners, what does that do and what uh, is the state of the oils in their kitchen likely to be in? Just when the oil is made by industry, be, before it goes in the bottle, before you throw it in the frying pan, frying pan yeah. uh, there's a, about a half to 1% of the molecules are damaged. That doesn't sound like much, but if you count how many that is, if you have a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged by the processing, 
you get 60 quintillion damaged molecules in that one in that one tablespoon 60 quintillion that's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells yeah so this is a number it's a six followed by 19 zeros <laughs> well wow. like and that's in one tablespoon most people use two to four tablespoons and by I'm talking about 15 milliliter tablespoons. I think yours might be a little bigger in Australia. In England, it's they're a little bigger, 20 <laughs> milligrams. I like their desserts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, their, their desserts are 10, ours are five. Because you, know, <laughs> you like your desserts. <laughs> Double the dessert. <laughs> um, so, and, and the molecules are fragmented, double bond shifted, cyclized, cross-linked. Uh, dimerized, trimerized, polymerized, uh, trans fatty acids. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can damage these molecules. And every one of those blocks the function of the good molecules that are not damaged and goes in a place where a certain thing is supposed to happen in your body, in the molecular architecture, right? But it, But your body can't do that function when the wrong molecule occupies that space. And so then that inhibits your life. And fundamentally, it inhibits energy reactions. Your oxidation rate goes down. Your metabolic rate goes down. And when you, when you lower energy levels in your cells or in your body generally, you make it more difficult for work to get done because it always requires energy to do work. That happens on the molecular level, on the cellular level, and on the whole whole body level. And omega-3s are the highest energy molecules of any of our essential nutrients. Interesting. So, you, so the one that the most people are deficient in is the one we most need to make sure that we're optimized. Because then you give your hormones, your glands more energy, you give your muscles more energy, you give your kidney cells more energy, you give your liver cells more energy, you give your brain cells more energy, and that shows up in better functioning. And that's why uh, when you optimize your intake, you improve virtually every, the function of virtually every cell tissue, organ, gland in your body. We work with athletes. If they took a tablespoon or 15 mil tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food and intake spread out over the course of the day. So all of these guys would be taking somewhere between two and four of a North American tablespoons. And within 30 days, their performance of their sport to exhaustion went up by 40 to 60% on average. Wow. So these are like, and then we had marathon runners, you know, and they were all carb loading, you know, in the old days, they carb loaded three days beforehand. And then you get about one pound of glycogen in your system. So animal starch, yep. right? This is the way, you, but you can only store about a pound of that in your whole body. Yep. Then they run like hell. And then about mile 20, that pound of carbs would have been burned for energy. Yeah. And so they would hit the wall at about mile 20 and they would drag their sorry butts across the finish <laughs> line and feel like they were completely dead, you know, killed themselves just about. So we said to them, guys, you're doing it wrong. Your body's energy storage is fat. If you were eight 
percent body fat, which is pretty good shape. Yeah. And normal weight. And you burned half of the fat that is stored in your body. You can't burn it all because in the membranes, some of that fat, you can't. If you burn that, your your, your cells fall yeah. apart. So you burn half of it. So you burn 4% of the body weight as fat. And you could run 300 miles on that. So we said to these guys, hey, guys, you're doing it wrong. What you need to do is you need to carb deplete before the race to make sure. Because I, I, I tell you, when you burn carbs, they or when you eat carbs, they turn off fat burning mechanism in your body genetically. And they turn on fat production in your body, which is why when you why we most obese people, most overweight people, either they got a lot of inflammation, which is water retention, yep. or they're eating too many carbs. And they're eating carbs and they turn into fat and then they 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 get hungry and then they gorge. And that's called carb addiction. Eight times more powerful than addiction to cocaine. Yeah. So instead of so what I'd say is you you carb deplete. You want your fat burning mechanism turned full bore, and you want it. You want it, if you're going to load anything, load omega threes, because they turn off fat burning, and turn off fat production in your body, as long as you don't override them with carbs. So we said dump the carbs, tank up on oil, and make sure that you run the entire race on fat. Yeah, and this was obviously this was well before the ketogenic movement. Obviously, yeah, and and so you guys were already right. on to knowing that fat was a primary fuel source. Yeah, that was the original ketogenic diet, but we'll get back to that in a second. Yep. And so, not everybody followed it because it was so out of the box for them. But the people who tried it, they came back and said, "Wow, that was amazing! I felt after I finished my marathon that I had enough energy." To run another one. Wow. They never hit the wall. Now, talking about ketogenic diets, they're really the craze. They work for weight loss. In part, they work because you dump water. Yes. Because when you eat carbs, carbs retain water and get, get you a little bit of inflammation. Fats don't do that. But it's not a sustainable diet unless you make sure that the main part of your keto part of the diet is that you optimize your intake of omega-3 and omega-6. Most people who do keto diets don't want to do that because they're unstable. They're perishable. So you have to take care of them. And everybody, you know, everybody who wants to get rich wants to make something that doesn't need any care. Yeah. And my the difference for me was I'm not as rich as those guys, but I'm rich. I'm rich here. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm doing something that you can consistently see the benefits yeah the amount of ketogenic diets i've seen that are like cheese and bacon and it's like no <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 cheese and bacon and yeah but <clears throat> but short term short term they work so what i've said to people if you're going to put oil in your coffee put in omega-3 and omega-6 yeah you know we started flaxseed oil in 1986 but really in 1987 and then I became omega-6 on flaxseed oil, omega-6 deficient on flax oil, because it, it's the only oil that has too much omega-3 for the amount of 6 it has. Ah. And the balance between the two is important. So I had dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in my finger joints, and thin, papery skin. 
classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms. Yep. I fixed it by eating sunflower seeds, yep. which have only omega-6s, but no omega-3s. And then I decided we need to make a blend because I don't want people to get a, a, a flax oil, which they can become deficient on. Yeah. So we made a blend that is has a little more omega-6 in it, both omega-6 and omega-3 made with health in mind in the right ratio, packaged in glass because plastic leaches into oils quicker than into water. Yep. And that doesn't belong in your body. That's associated with more inflammation, even with cancer. Yep. When you get plastic in your body. And uh, it's so we put it in glass. We put a box around it. We keep it refrigerated in the factory, in the stores at home. We don't use it for frying ever, 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 because the better it is when it's not fried, the worse it is when it is fried. Yep. Because the more damage gets done because it's the molecules are sensitive. And But you can put it in hot soup, on steamed vegetables, anything that after it comes off the fire. Yep. You could oil in it. So you put the oil in last, but you don't use it for frying. And I tell people to take their frying pan, turn it upside down, hit themselves on the head with it really hard, and then throw the stupid thing out because <laughs> frying is the single worst thing we've ever invented to do to our food. Right. If you think about health, frying is the unhealthiest thing we have ever invented to do. It's worse than sugar. Sugar is second. That's first. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. So in that, based on that, what went wrong with our either food supply chain or even the culture around food preparation? I watched a bunch of your talks uh, before today and I remember you said in one of them, you said, whenever money gets involved, the truth very yeah. often gets sacrificed. And I loved that because I talk a lot to that in the food yeah. industry. But what went wrong in the context of frying food and food preparation to get to a point where we're all pouring these trans fat you know, partially and fully hydrogenated oils that are super damaging on yeah. all of our food, or but or oils that have been that have, that have been damaged by the processing. Yeah, because the trans fats there, the, the whistle's been blown on the trans fats. Well, you know, um, this happens all the time in industry, and it's it's now very very. Uh, I mean, whether you talk about tobacco, they lied their asses off. 
in the advertising, the doctors were recommending cigarettes. Even they even had advertisements with pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. They did it with pesticides. You know, DDT, they had a slogan: "DDT is good for me." Wow. And and, and kids used to chase chase the trucks that were spraying it on the fields because it was interesting, the little cloud and stuff. And they were breathing in that stuff. Yeah, wow. They, they've done it with GMO foods. I've just finished reading a book called uh, Altered Genes, um, uh, Shattered Truth or something like that. Yeah. You know, and so what happens, industry, when they can, when they can patent something and it's high tech, so not everybody can copy it. Yeah. Then patented, then they charge enormous amounts of money. They try to get monopoly markets. And in order to not be honest about what are the side effects of what they're doing. So it's also done with drugs, of course, right? Yep. Then they, uh, they politicize it rather than listening to the scientists. They listen to the politicians. And the politicians can be bought. <laughs> Absolutely, they can. And you can, you know, if they can't be bought by one side, they can be bought by the other. There's very few really honest politicians, and the politicians are mostly lawyers. Yeah, not scientists, not biologists, not health experts. Because my understanding with food preparation in the past was that oil and, was uh, often added to the food after as a flavor yeah. enhancer. Yeah. And and in fact, when I was a kid, when we could, talked about cooking, cooking actually meant the, the preparation of food with hot water, like boiling, cooking. Those were synonyms. Yeah. Boiling in water. And what we do with oils was, was called frying. And now when you, people talk about cooking, they most of the time they're actually talking about uh, using oil, yeah, and the, the and the industry didn't talk about the side effects. Although when they started in 1900, they didn't know all of the damage done to molecules. But you know, if you had if you had a brain in your head and you were using it and trying to understand what's true, it, it's predictable. Yeah, because they were already turning oil into smoke. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're honest about it, you've got to say, well, that is the dumbest thing. That is a dumbass thing to do. Why would anybody eat smoke? <laughs> totally. And in nature, everything was fresh, whole, raw, and organic, in line with the natural system. Nature doesn't make right? bad fats. Yeah, yeah. And, and nature's had how many years to, to figure it out? A couple of billion. Four and a half billion. <laughs> Something like that. You know, if you start with life, yep. you know. And two billion if you're talking just about uh, animals, right? So nature's had a long time to perfect the system. And throwing a monkey wrench into the works, which is what we're doing with our technological advantage on the, uh, advantages, gene splicing, uh, you know, uh, vaccines, so many lies. There's so much lying going on. And on both sides, you know, it's not like, you know, because neither neither the right nor the left is in line with nature. Because nature and life, you know, your life, it's not your life. Life is who you are, actually, because your body is life's body. You know, if, if I say to you, hey, whose body is that, Maddie? Say, my, say, body. my body. <laughs> my body. So you just told me you're not the body. You just told me you're the owner of the body. Well, who owns your body? Oh. Yeah. Not Maddie, not Maddie. That's just a label somebody put on you to tell you apart from other people. 
Life is the owner. You are life. How well do you know life? Yeah. Almost never, because you never sit still enough. I mean, I'm not picking on you. I'm, you can pick on me. I'm totally okay. <laughs> I'll be the sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't sit still enough to actually feel our way into contact with the life we are. Yeah. If we do, we feel we feel so awesome. We don't have to steal other people's stuff. We don't have to lie. And life's only, you know, your only job as life is unconditional love for your body. And your body is life's servant, right? Your body is your servant. You don't want to neglect it and you don't want to indulge it because you want the servant to, to serve you in the best possible way for as long as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then you have, so now you have a model for unconditional love that is actually your nature. And when you feel that, you can become like that in your life too. Yeah. Towards other people. Then it's not about, because you. I feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. That is, I am the care that I need. Yeah. Right? So now it's like, okay, well, what needs to be done around? How, how can I help? What's the biggest splash for good I can make in one lifetime? That becomes a question I will not ask until I feel taken care of. And when I'm out of touch with myself, I don't feel taken care of because I don't look where the care is. Yeah, It's like I have a million dollars in my pocket, in my left pocket, but I only look for money in my right pocket. And I say, oh, shit, I'm broke. Oh, I love I love this. This is so important. And especially like the millennial generation um, is, is really becoming aware of that experience of self through the meditation movement, through yoga and, and looking yeah. into childhood trauma and pain and, and, and how, how yeah, to yeah. make one's self-centered. Um, and, and I think yeah. it plays such a major right. role in, in our biology. Yeah, whatever it takes to be able to get to that place where you feel whole. See, and if you... You know, if you look at the world, you you trust experts, but the expert for your body lives inside it. Why aren't you talking to that expert? (laughs) And that expert will never lie to you. That expert will never steer you wrong. That expert you can trust. There's not a whole lot of... So when when it comes about money and people are motivated by money and money has become their purpose in life and they're still discontent because they're disconnected, then they do stupid things with their money. You can't trust those people anywhere near as well as you can trust something inside of you that, in fact, you, life inside the human body, it is omnipresent, so everywhere present in your body, omniscient, knows everything about your body and how it works, because it's running all that, right? And omnipotent, all power in your body. So that's God in you. Yeah. That definition, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient is a definition of God. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That lives inside of every human being. But not very many people bring their awareness back inside to where that is because we mostly go out into the world for survival. And you have to go back inside. You have to do that deliberately. And heartache is your starting point. When you feel uneasy, empty, heartache, blue, you know, you just got dumped by somebody or something on the outside ended and you feel it here. 
that actually comes from your disconnection from yourself. And that started in childhood after you were born, when your awareness went out through your senses into the world to learn about survival. Before you were, when, when you were in your mother's womb, call it the Buddha tank, there was nothing to do, nowhere to go. Everything was taken care of and it was relatively safe. So your awareness what it, as rest was at rest inside, in life, in you, because there wasn't a place to go. And so you lived in the floating around in your little Buddha tank. You were actually in, a, in the divine experience, in the experience of light and sound and love, contentment, peace. You were in that for nine months if you were a full-term baby. So when you do meditation, that's where you're trying to go back to. Reconnecting with yourself and heartache is your proof of disconnection. I think something interesting about this process, and this is going to be a a kind of funny thing to say because we're both scientists, but I think one of the reasons people don't or no longer have that ability to or or perceive to not have that ability is because science has sort of intellectualized the world so much that we now outsource all of our responsibility to practitioners and doctors. And so we've become, it's like this movement of intellectualism has taken us outside of the body in a way that's not favorable. And so people don't actually try what's going yeah. on on the inside although science didn't take us out getting going out into the world created science and and it, on the one hand you science likes to be objective and says oh you can't be objective about what's subjective yes you can but they don't allow it right because behind science on the outside or on the inside is about observation and observation becomes accurate when you're in a quiet place. When you got agendas in your head, you're going to misread and missee and mislisten and mishear what you're given. And you're going to put your own agenda into it, whether it's a trauma agenda or it's a money agenda or you know, whatever agenda it is, or a guilt agenda, or whatever it is. Yeah. But observation is the common ground between science on the outside and the experience of life on the inside. In Ayurvedic medicine, before they let them practice, they said, you have to be able to get to the place where you are completely calm, completely quiet, still inside, because only then can you see what comes at you without embellishing it. If you're not quiet, then you get your stuff mixed up with their stuff, and then you don't know where your diagnosis is. And then you can't really do your job to help people get back to their wholeness. How are you going to get other people back to their wholeness when you have no idea where your wholeness lives? Yeah. Right? But if you if you can get back to that, then you can also give people pointers for their own journey. And it's a solitary journey. You know, it's like, I can't go into your wholeness for you. You have to sit still yourself, right? But now we, let's get back to, to <laughs> fats, <laughs> right? So the, so, but the issue is that when you don't feel whole, you know, the, I, I guess I, the way I say it sometimes is the first corruption of every human being is their disconnection from themselves and that is an automatic process that every happens to every human being on the planet. 
On that, we build all the other corruptions because now we're going to look for other ways because we forgot that it's actually us we're looking for, that the wholeness we're looking for on the outside is actually on the inside. So we're looking on the outside and say, well, if I make a million dollars, well, if I get the girl, well, if I, well, if I become famous, well, if I can hurt the people that I don't like, whatever those, those things are, and those don't fulfill you. Maybe sometimes for three days you say, yay, I did it. And then this thing is back because you didn't actually go to where the solution for your disconnection is, which is within you. So I say to people, when you feel heartache, don't judge it, sit with it, feel it, accept it, acknowledge it, yeah, embrace it, and maybe even be grateful because this is the only reason why you will ever come back home to yourself. Because if you didn't have that, it'd be like, I never feel hunger. So then I forget to eat, and then the wind blows me away. <laughs> because, <laughs> right? because I, I lose weight, and f- next thing you know, or if I never got thirsty, then I would never drink water. Well, if I never felt heartache, I would never come back home to myself. And heartache, my definition, it's your life calling your attention to come back home inside to life. It's your heart calling your attention to come back home to life inside. There is your reconnection. And once you feel reconnected, you can change, the, you can create a better world until you feel connected. You will not change a better world because you, you can't be the same crazy and fix the problems on the planet that you were when you created those problems, because those problems all come from crazy. Yeah, it's like like that concept of, um, you know, don't judge the world until your life's perfect. You, you, can't engage with, yeah. you can't engage with other problems if you are contributing to the chaos in your own way. Right. And, but, but if you're not content, you will always judge. But life's message is I am come not to judge but to love. That's life's message for you. That's every human being's life's message for them. I am come not to judge, but to love. Unconditional love for my body. That's life. You know, when I'm asleep, my, my kidneys still filter, filter blood, right? <laughs> when I'm asleep, my liver is still dealing with whatever alcohol or junk or whatever, still detoxing, right? That food is still digesting, brain still working, correlating all the stuff, making sense of, of the world that I live in. Right. Everything is, you know, breathing is still going. You know, heart is still delivering blood. Right. And it's all happening while I'm unconscious, while I'm sleeping. Right. While the body is sleeping. Life is never sleeps, but life never sleeps. Life, life weighs nothing and runs everything 24, 7, 365 lifelong. Never takes a day off, never goes on strike, never asks for more money. Just gives, 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 creates, right? And what did you earn? Did you earn life? Nope. Did you pay for life? Nope. Right? So it basically, it takes care of everything. It's completely one-sided. You give it nothing and it gives you everything. Well, thanks, Yudo. I really appreciate you sharing that holistic 
view and I, and it's yeah. so important so many doctors and scientists are so you know in the intellectual side of things that they don't really meld those two worlds but i think it's yeah, yeah. that it's so very important for people to you know understand yeah. them, and, themselves and their their innermost right. you know experience and find time to give yeah. give energy to that yeah and and you know good oils will serve your body for the, as long as you have a body but there will be be a time when the oil doesn't work anymore and your life doesn't need oil. Your life, if you want to have a good life, you, your life just needs a little bit of your attention. Yeah. A little bit of your focus. Absolutely. Right? And, life, and life never gets sick. So you never have to cure your life. You just have to get in touch with it. And the awareness behind your life, which is the, which is the foundation of everything, there's where your peace is. That peace is everywhere, has always been everywhere. So we live in in a, in, a, in a universe filled with peace, mm-hmm. even on a battlefield, the soldiers are, are surrounded by, filled with peace, except they're not focused on it. They're focused on, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you. And on the other side, he's saying, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you. And they create this war and kill each other, destroy each other's bodies in a sphere of perfect peace. But only peace knows that. So... You you have to get to the the peace in you before you can see. Holy smokes, it's always been everywhere. But if you're angry, you'll see enemies everywhere. And if you're fearful, you'll see danger everywhere. And so depending on your state of being or your state of emotion, you will perceive the world differently. You'll live into the world differently and you'll create a different world. I love that. I think that's really profound. So the oil is the, the, the top of the physical, but the physical is the bottom of the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing today, Udo. Yeah. I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, because you've got so much great content and I've, I've absorbed a bunch of yeah. your lectures myself, where can everybody find you online? Uh, I have two websites. One is called udoschoice.com, so U-D-O-S choice.com, and I talk about oils there. Uh, and then I also talk about digestion, digestive enzymes and probiotics. Very, very important for health, physical. Yep. And then the other one, I've got some courses and some uh, all kinds of educational information. Theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. Wonderful. And yeah, those two, uh, that's that's my online presence. Yeah, wonderful. And for everybody that's listening to this episode, if you've enjoyed it or you feel like a family member or friend is going to get something out of it, please share it with them. Take a screenshot, share it into your social media story, Instagram, Facebook, uh, give us a tag and I'll put all of uh, Udo's handles for everything and links to everything down in the show notes below. Yeah. And so... Udo, to wrap up, I always ask everybody this question, which you may or may not have answered already, but what is yeah. one piece of health information, if just one, that you want people to leave with today, what would it be? Well, I, I'm going to give you two. Oh, it's a bargain. Uh, one is damaged oils cause more health problems than any other part of nutrition. Good oils improve more health problems than any other aspect of nutrition. Yep. So give your body the oil change that it needs if you want better physical health. The other one is if you can be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings and not lost in your head with crazy ideas of this driven by discontent, you will be living the cherished state and it's possible for 8 billion people on the planet. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Udo. I've loved it. We'll have to organize another episode, but we'll uh, catch you soon. Okay. Thanks, Maddie. 
See you later. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.